know well, although it has been a while since we have dealt with this. But we've got something else that we have um, want to share with you about it. There's been talk about faith and believing in the service um, uh, tonight and various testimonies. And, um, you know, there's no reason, there's no reason for any of us to ever doubt God. Amen. And we've all been in this thing long enough now that we know that God will do what he said he was going to do. Amen. Amen. He's not, he's not going to leave you out in the cold. He's not going to leave you out in the rain. He's going to provide. Glory. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful what I see God doing. Man, I, I am, I tell you one thing, you know, that encourages me. Um, when I look and see how God is using others that has uh, that got their start right here, man, I am thrilled to death with what Brother Joseph and Sister Anna is doing there. Uh, I know the name of the place is Barren Plains, but ain't nothing barren about it. And how God is opening doors to them uh, and the work that they are doing. And everybody, every congregation has got their specific call that God wants that congregation to do. And the Bible says, let everybody remain in the call wherein you've been called. And it's very evident the area that God is calling that assembly to. Uh, uh, to work with those uh, uh, with addictions and and various things that they uh, they are involved with and other things and I'm I'm so thankful about that because I know that everything everything that happens good through that ministry I'm going to get a piece of the pie and glory. <laughs> Hallelujah, Amen. The Bible tells me that. Hallelujah. And uh, it's, it's it's so with others that uh, that is doing uh, uh, the work of God, and um, uh, I I can see some things, and I appreciate the prayers, I really do, because God has shown me some things of lately that I hadn't seen uh, before, and um, I am looking toward a new horizon, Amen, and. Um, I heard um, uh, not long ago, you know, a lot of people get concerned about finances and money. And that hinders a lot of churches from really reaching out and doing things because they, they wonder whether or not they can afford it. Amen. Uh, but I heard Brother Joseph say something that, man, it just clicked within me, and I, and I, re I really like it. Amen. And it fits along with everything and what God put upon my heart for us to do again um, uh, through uh, helping Brother Michael in church in Rwanda. Amen. And um, I, I made the decision, I knew because I knew God had told me and spoken to me, and I told the Lord, I says, well, we're going to do this thing. I know everybody's going to be behind. 
uh, behind it long before um, I, I checked with the church secretary to make sure we had some money in the church account to cover it. Hallelujah. But you, you're going to find out when we have our next business meeting, God has been blessing Christ Family Church already, which he has for years financially. That always amazes me how God provides. Uh, and the one reason why he always provides is we're always willing to give. Hallelujah. And I, I hope to carry that further in your own life tonight through this message, not just for our church, but for you personally in your personal life and your own well-being uh, with God. I want you to go to the book of John chapter 20. And we're going to read verses 24 through 29. John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And this is what it uh, reads like. Now Thomas, called the twin, now the original King James says Didymus, but, but that's what Didymus means. And for your information, if you've never studied on it, the apostle um, uh, uh, Thomas uh, was a twin. Uh, he, had a, he had a twin brother. Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger in the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Hallelujah. If he said, if I don't see those scars, I know this guy's an imposter you're talking about. Come on. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside. And Thomas, this time, he was with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Notice this now. Eight days had passed since the Lord had appeared to them. Now, this was after the resurrection. He appeared to him again. This time Thomas was with them. And Jesus went right to Thomas. That's why, folks, you need to always be careful with what you say. You might not think he's listening, but God always hears. Hallelujah. He knew what Thomas had said. Come on, let me, let's finish reading. He said to Thomas, reach your fingers here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Verse 28, and Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have Seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Hallelujah. Blessed are those who haven't seen 
Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about me. Hallelujah. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Lord, as we come tonight, we thank you and we praise you for this service so far, what we've experienced and felt. And now the next few minutes, I ask for your strength and your anointing to deliver this word as you have given it up in my heart that we all might leave here tonight encouraged and rejoicing and ready, God, to fight the battles that you have got for us. In the name of Jesus, let everybody say, God bless you and you can be seated. I want to speak to you tonight on a subject titled, Trusting What You Have Not Seen. Trusting what you have not seen. Now, the story that we just got through reading about Thomas is what's become known, and many people call him Doubting Thomas. It's known all over the Christian world. But I'm not going to add the humiliation to this apostle. Amen. Um, and, and, and you call him the same because according to history from this time on, Thomas went on to lay down his life for the gospel. He was, his life was taken from him, and he, he was true to Jesus until the end. But I want to um, expound to you tonight somewhat on our ability to trust or believe, those are interchangeable words, what we have not seen. Hallelujah. The Christian life is built on trusting what you can't see. I mean, everything that we're wrapped up in, everything that we deal with has to do with believing something you have never really seen with your natural eye. Hallelujah. Too many times we are called upon by non-believers to show proof that God is real. They say, go show me proof. You give me proof that there is a God, and I'll believe. They want tangible evidence, but can't realize the evidence in the unseen. Did you follow what I said? They want tangible evidence, but can't realize the evidence in the unseen. Have I got you confused yet? Well, let's see what Hebrews says about it. Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the what? Evidence of things not seen. Oh, glory. Now, I want to read that again in the Holman Christian Standard Version. Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. Let me give you one more translation. The New American Standard Bible. I like this one too. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. What are you trying to say, Brother Sammy? I'm telling you tonight that God has called upon you to have some true conviction down in your heart over things that you can't see. Amen. It's not reality. Hallelujah. We're serving our God tonight that the Bible said 
who is able, amen, to call those things that are not as though they are. Oh, hallelujah. And do you know you and I got the same spirit and that God within us and we can speak that word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's how I come. I can say what I'm sick of. And somebody says, how are you doing? I can say I'm doing fine. I might not have full healing in my body, but by faith I'm claiming. Amen. And I am seeing something unseen believing. Hallelujah. What it all boils down to is this. As believers in Christ, we must always walk in the reality of our faith, which will turn in turn build within our hearts a proof or conviction that what we can't see, touch, or feel is still real anyway. To the world, that's foolishness. To some people, that's craziness. Amen. But that's what God leads us and directs in, hallelujah. Our hearts are proof or conviction that what we can't see, touch, or feel is still real anyway. I want to encourage you tonight. I want to lift you up. Listen, let me give you some examples. And we got several people here, here tonight that can relate to this. Here's an example. You don't see that lost child or loved one sitting on a church pew tonight praising God. You got a child. Amen. You prayed for for years. Amen. You've agonized. You spent time up at night saying, God, don't let them die lost. Oh, God, don't call them until they come in. And when you, you, you come to the house of God week after week, amen, and you look around and you don't see that child or that loved one sitting on a pew with their hands raised glorifying God, you don't see them get up and run in the aisles when somebody else is done. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. But I'm here to tell you tonight, it is real anyway. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Glory to God. Here's some uh, some other people can relate to about believing this thing, seeing things that are not there. Right now, some of you can't touch with your hands the amount of money you need to pay a certain bill. But praise God, through faith, they're going to be paid anyway. Let me tell you something, I've, I've experienced that time after time down through my life, hallelujah, when my back was against the wall and I didn't know what I was going to do. I was working two or three jobs, but still couldn't seem to make ends meet. And you say, what in the world am I going to do? Hallelujah. But faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence. Hallelujah. Again, somebody else. You don't feel in your body any change after having somebody to pray for you because of the, the sickness 
that you're going through. You've had people pray for you for your healing, but you can't see it. You can't see it with your eye. But I'm going to tell you tonight, you are healed anyway. Oh, glory. You are healed anyway. God, help us to trust in you for what we have not I look around tonight, and even though we got a nice crowd for Sunday night, I can't see somebody sitting on every pew in this auditorium. But they're there anyway. Hallelujah. Because I accept it through the Word of God. It's not a reality where you can see with your eyes. But it's something that if we stay faithful to God and we, we are willing to put forth the least bit effort to do so, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. One day you're going to see that child. Praise God. And even if they ain't praising God in this congregation, if, if God leads them and somebody else leads them to the Lord, and they're in a congregation across town praising God. I have a feeling mom and dad going to be shouting anyway. Because that's what it's all about. It's not about a local assembly. Brother Bobby, it's bigger than it. It's about the kingdom of God. I'm thankful. Going, Listen, going back long, longer than before I became pastor, it's always been that way even years with, with Brother Hale. There ain't a church in this whole big area, metropolitan area, amen, where there's not people worshiping and praising God that came through the doors of this assembly at one time or another. And that's how God has used us. Hallelujah. We got to think the big picture, not just the little picture. We got to think about the kingdom of God. And we do that, folks, amen, by being able to, to look at what you can't see. If you ever want to be successful in your walk with God and overcome all obstacles that the devil throws your way, you have to see the invisible. Talking about seeing the invisible. That's one reason why some some of us sometimes get caught up with obstacles and circumstances in life. Because the devil won't allow us to see the invisible. But if you want to overcome those obstacles in your life, you've got to be able to see the invisible. And let me say something right here. Hallelujah. And you can you can pinpoint pointed right here, this is a quote from Brother, uh, Brother Sammy. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. 
just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. I can't see my God sitting in this house tonight, but I know he's here. Just because you don't see it does not mean it's not there. Hebrews 11, 24 through 27, let's see what it says. By faith, when he became of age, talking about uh, Moses there, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he looked to the reward. He looked to the reward. Brother Paul, I got a payday coming. Hallelujah. I got a payday coming. I don't have to get it all down here. He didn't promise it all to me down here. Why you want to serve him? I tell you why, Brother Kyle. Hallelujah. I might not get it all down here, but the retirement is out of this world. And I'm, I'm feeling the presence of the Lord tonight. He said that uh, by faith, verse 27, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. That's the proof of what I just got through telling. Moses endured every obstacle. And everything they throwed at him, he endured Brother Paul because he was able to see the invisible. And God is calling each and every one of us tonight to be able to do the same thing. If when you're able to see the invisible, then you can, you can see every need met in your life. When you begin to really see the invisible, you can see every healing that you'll ever need in this life. You'll see every need that you'll ever have supplied in this life when you're able to see him who is invisible. I've got two things to share with you. I want to get through this tonight that you need to do. Number one, it's time to close your eyes and start walking. He's not really lost his mind now. Some of you are like me. You can't walk straight with your eyes open. <laughs> and now you're telling me to close my eyes and start walking? We all know the story of Apostle Paul. For Paul to see, well, he was Saul at the time. But for him to see reality, God had to close his natural eye. God had to blind him physically so he could really see spiritually. Close your eyes and start walking. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. I'm trying. God wants somebody here tonight. And I know... 
God gave me this word tonight. And he wants somebody, and there might be somebody that's watching my live stream. We got the live stream going right now. Hallelujah. But God wants somebody to know. Hallelujah. Amen. That God will deliver you through that thing that's invisible and you can't see. We walk by faith and not by sight. If you want to start walking with God, shut your eyes and start walking. Hallelujah. If we are ever going to trust in what we have not or cannot see, we got to close our eyes to all negative witness we see all around that tells us what we are believing in is not real. And I guarantee you, when you start trying to believe God, the devil's going to send a lot of witnesses your way to try to convince you it's not so. Amen. Just close your eyes and start walking. Commit yourself to the hands of God. We won't go to the scripture because of time, but you remember, God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. All of you whisper. But you know, they did not have to wander for one day of that 40 years. They could have walked right into the land of promise. They sent out 12 spies to spy the land. Y'all go look and see whether or not it is a land flowing with milk and honey. See if there's all those good things over there. They went out, but the majority of them kept seeing the giant. Ten of the twelve couldn't see the grapes for the giants. Come on, somebody. Some of you right tonight, hallelujah, wherever you may be, you can't see the blessing God wants to bless you because the devil's got a giant in your way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Close your eyes and start walking. And if you do, God will let you run right over the top of that giant. Glory to God. The majority of them kept seeing the giants. If they had closed their eyes to the giants and started walking, they wouldn't have died wandering around in the wilderness. Every one of them, Brother Kyle, every one of them didn't make it to the land of promise except for the two who forgot about what they saw Come on, somebody. Joshua and Caleb. And they were still there. Forty years later, after all they went through, and old Caleb especially, by this time, he was well over 80 years old. And he told Joshua, he said, let me tell you something. He said, Moses promised me that mountain country over there. And I had to walk around in this wilderness because them other jokers couldn't close their eyes to the giants. Let me tell you something. When I fail to believe God, it not only affects me, but if I'm connected to you, it's going to affect you. If there's somebody in this assembly tonight 
who quenches the Spirit of God and don't obey God, not only you won't get your blessing, but you may be stopping somebody else from getting their blessing. Do you hear what I'm saying? Caleb said, those ten jokers kept me from getting my mountain. He said, but I'm 80-something years old right now. He said, I'm just as strong as I ever was. He said, give me my mountain. Hallelujah. Give me my mountain. Give me my promise. What God has promised. Church, amen. We got to trust what we have not seen. The last point I told you, number one, we have to close your eyes and start walking. And then also, for us to do this in the last point, we got to trust in the creative power of the Word. What do I mean by that? God may tell you to do something that with your natural eye says that's impossible. This platform is, I don't know how high off from the main, but if God was telling me just go walking that straight off, I was in my in my flesh, and I'd say that's that's crazy. I can't walk on air. But let me tell you something, and this is how much I believe God. If God told me to start walking, then I know there's a plank out there for me to walk on. I might not see it, but it's there. Is that too is that too wild for some of you? For those people who think that's too wild, that's the kind of people who always tell God how big their problem is, but they don't never tell their problem how big their God is. But that's just sheer stupidity. What difference would that be, me start walking and going out on this same level right out here as Peter getting out of the boat and walking on top of water? Jesus told him to come. He got out of the boat. What did he do? He started walking. A lot of people give Peter a bad rap right there, but let me tell you something. For a few seconds, Peter did something that no other human has ever done. And God is trying to call some of us right now into dimensions we ain't never walked in before if we're just willing to close our eyes to the natural. Woo, my, 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 my. I'm telling you, I'm telling you in my spirit, God is speaking to somebody strong tonight. God has been trying to talk to somebody about doing something. Trust in the creative power of the Word. If God tells me to start walking, I've got to trust God is going to create something for me to walk on. I've got to trust that. Genesis 1 and 3. Then God said, Let there be light. What happened? There was light. That is the creative power of God. Can I tell you tonight that God loves you enough when He's calling you to something? Even if it don't exist, 
the way or the ability or whatever to do it, his creative power will speak your ability to do it into existence. You just got to trust that. Just like I was talking about a while ago, a lot of churches won't branch out and do things because they said they can't afford it. But as Joseph said, and I don't think I ever finished it a while ago, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. Let that sink in right there. If it's God's will, it's his bill. I used to drive a truck. I was, an, I was an old gear grinder. place I, I drove is, was uh, Middle Tennessee Foods, and I drove just in the Middle Tennessee area delivering Kroger stores, H.G. Hill stores, and other places, and I had to go so far, and sometimes it, I'd leave 10 o'clock the next night and not get, get back to them probably at 1 or 2 o'clock next afternoon. But while I was on company time, they had me a credit card issued. Listen to what I'm saying now. If I needed fuel for my truck, I used it. When it come time to eat, I could pull into a truck stop, and order whatever I wanted to eat and pay for it with a company card. That was one of the benefits that I had. They sent me. It's their responsibility to pay the bill. And at some time, if I ever had to pay for something myself, all I had to do was keep my receipts, go into the office to accounts payable, lay them down on the desk, and I had a check cut out to me. Let me ask you a question. You think God is going to ever let a food company outdo him? What I'm trying to tell you tonight, if God is directing you, he's going to pay the bill. He's responsible for it. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Once you begin to trust as being real the things you have not as yet seen, then God will react to your faith and create with the power of his word. Hallelujah. Glory. <laughs> Glory to God. God created a position for me one time where I worked because I obeyed him. And I had something. He created something for me that I didn't even know I had it. Years ago, we 
we was really hard up. When Jennifer was born, I was in between jobs. Thus, I didn't have any health insurance. And then those of you who know us or we've been, been around for long, know that we didn't know it at the time. The doctor didn't know it at the time. But before the heartbeat of her twin sister gave her got strong enough for the doctors to detect, and this was back before the time where they did the ultrasounds and everything, about, at, uh, about the third month, her twin sister died. One miracle is all the doctors at Vanderbilt says, we don't see how you carried that dead child in you all this time without sitting up gangrene. But anyway, she was born in November. They rushed her directly to Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, and it was close to the end of January before we got her home. And she was in intensive care most of that time. Needless to say, I had a very high bill. How in the world was I going to pay it at the time? I didn't even have a job. But then, after prayer, I got, got on. That's when I uh, started working, working the state stove. I got to working back then. And when I got to draw on the check, we was off during the Christmas holidays. And Sister Darling and I was praying about the situation with finances. And as we began to pray, both of us began to pray in tongues. And the interpretation come out. Just me and her there in that, in that little trailer. God spoke to us and told us to figure up the bills that we had and take that total bill and take 10% of it and give it away. We agreed to that. I said, but Lord... Where do we give it? And we would begin to pray again. Tongues came in back into play again, and the interpretation come again. And a name of a family in Nashville came out of that interpretation. I got that paycheck. I cashed it. And the amount of money I need to give 10% on the hospital bills that I owed left me with $15 to get through to my next paper time. But we got in a car, took a drive. We lived on a little Maribone Road, and then we drove to Nashville, East Nashville. Walked in, handed a check to this couple. Said, God told me to come give this to you. They begin to cry. Come back 
and I come back after the Christmas holidays, complete. You talk. I'm gonna tell you something. <laughs> I was so broke I couldn't pay attention. I got to work that night. I was working graveyard shift, and I got to work. And after about an hour in, somebody come by. He said, I'm taking taking your place for a moment, so they want you up in the front office. So I didn't know what was going on. I went up there. I said, You want to see me? They said, Yes, sir, Pruitt. Said, um, we, uh, we, as you know, so we've added a, a whole new line on this. I was working on the, what was called the raw tank line. We created a whole new line, so we've had to create some positions, more leading men, more foremen, and it just slipped our mind before y'all, before you left for Christmas holidays, it came down from up top that you was going to be over that new line, and you answered this line foreman, and he pulled out, he said, and, and since this was given to... Um, uh, this was already given to you before you left. It came down from the top that all all the lead men and all the, and all the foremen would get a Christmas bonus. Here's your Christmas bonus. I will never forget that as long as I live. Hallelujah. God created something for me that I didn't have because I believed him, I obeyed him, and I did what he told me to do. Let your faith in God be the force which will create the bridge that you know will be there to rescue, feed upon, and keep you from falling. All stand together right now. God wants somebody to start trusting what you can't see. It's worked for me all my life and it's never let me down. And he'll never let you down. Obey God. Accept him by faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because listen, do you want to please God? The first thing you got to have is faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If anybody wants prayer,